The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. It is day two of full team practice in St. Joseph, Missouri. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by the leader of Arrowhead, Pride Pete Sweeney. Some people call him Peloton Pete now. Swain, do you, uh, do you manage to stay dry on Monday? How rainy was it up there in St. Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not doing any of the local TV hits that I do today because my hair does not look great from <laughs> walking to camp right now. It is curly and messy. Steve, you know that my hair curls up in the heat, so uh, <laughs> we was able to make it through the rain. They started practice indoors, so the warm-up occurred inside, and uh, it was season ticket member day today. So kudos to the organization for you know realizing a lot of its most passionate fans were waiting out, outside uh, to see this practice. And so the rain continued through, I would say, about you know, the first 15, 20, 30 minutes of practice, and they came out for what would be, you know, the seven on seven, the 11 on 11 and the special teams period. So we'll get into everything that you need to know about Monday's practice and all the details. But I think where we have to start off, which we're going to have to do this each and every day, Pete, until Chris Jones shows up to training camp. Still no sign of him on Monday, but... Hopefully negotiations are moving in the right direction and the chief superstar will be in St. Joe sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I am, I'm hesitant to say that I, I feel like the situation is in a good place right now. Uh, I know there's optimism that by the end of camp on both sides, you know, they'll finally come to some sort of an uh, agreement, but just in the way that I, I think Andy Reid was speaking about the situation yesterday makes me feel like it's, it's just not necessarily in a good place right now. It seems like the, the sides are uh, far apart enough for the Jones camp to float out far up the words far apart uh, to, you know, the Adam Schefter's of the world. And then you had Andy Reid and, and you could tell from, I, I think his, his short windedness with the answers that he didn't really want to talk about it yesterday. And so uh, from a chief's standpoint, uh, I think what they're doing right now is just moving on. They're, they're going to practice without Jones. And then hopefully somewhere down the line, uh, these two sides come together and get him into camp. But I, I know I had said in previous reports that I expected him to be here Wednesday or Thursday uh, sometime this week because of the fines. And I don't know. I'm just getting some 
feelings that maybe Jones doesn't care that much about the fine since in this new contract, he'll get quite an extensive signing bonus that'll cover all of it. Yeah, I, I just feel like we, we've seen so many veterans now do these hold ins. I feel like he's got to show up sooner or later unless they are really far apart uh, on these contract negotiations, which is kind of a detriment to what we've kind of heard and been reported all summer. The key for me yesterday, and this is where my pessimism comes from, was Andy Reid being asked about the communication between the two sides and him essentially saying we had communication until a little bit ago and now we don't, which means they maybe got to a point in negotiations where they just needed to take a break. And if them taking a break kind of would lead me to believe maybe Jones wouldn't show up. Uh, again, it, it's a lot of speculation right now, but I'm just I'm ca- trying to share what I, what I feel and, and things I've heard these past few days. I'm just, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's impossible that this gets back to a good spot, but I don't think it's in a good spot right now. Yeah. And as was pointed out by our team here at Arrowhead pride, uh, that interior of the chief's defensive line is not great. (laughs) If you start looking ahead and thinking like, Oh, are they actually going to spend time without Chris Jones? So they obviously need to get him there. Hopefully negotiations start moving in the right direction. And we start hearing some positive updates uh, when it comes to the chief's star pass rusher. But I want to get caught up on everything that we saw uh, at Monday's practice and obviously no Turk Wharton still as he's working his way back from that season ending ACL injury, but positive note, rookie offensive lineman Wanye Morris was back on the field. So you like to see that after he missed Sunday's practice, but concerning is wide receiver Kadarius Tony. We've talked a ton about his inability to stay on the field so far and his young NFL career and I don't want to say we got any kind of update. I think we'll get that tomorrow from Andy Reid, but it doesn't seem like it's super positive right now from Kadarius Tony, who injured himself fielding punts, not even in practice, really. No, we didn't see him today. The Chiefs said that he hurt his knee uh, shagging punts yesterday. That, That was something I put out onto Twitter. And the update we got today was no practice, but Chiefs PR Representative Ted Cruz says that coach will have more on that situation potentially tomorrow. Then Travis Kelsey was asked what they're missing with Kadarius Tony and the way that he was talking. It, it kind of seemed like it'll be an extended period of time. The vibes that I'm getting right now is I don't think we're going to see him at least next week. Maybe uh, this is something that is serious enough to cost him camp. Maybe not so much the regular season. Uh, but again, I'm not going to put any of that into print until we get some more clarity. It's just uh, something I could talk to you about on, in, in this medium because that, those are the vibes I'm getting right now. I don't, I don't feel like it's an injury uh, that is going to be day-to-day. I, I think this is maybe something that's going to be at least a week, maybe a few weeks. Yeah, that is uh, not what Chiefs fans want to hear. And uh, again, it's we're, we're hoping for more positive update from Andy Reid tomorrow when he speaks with the media. But it does not seem like the vibes are great uh, around Kadarius Tony, this player that the Chiefs have billed as their wide receiver the vibes, one. The vibes, are, <laughs> the vibes are not immaculate right now at camp, Steve. Yeah, um, not great. Not, not really what you want to hear. But thankfully, the Chiefs have loads and loads of wide receiver bodies on that team. And we'll get into some of the guys who are making plays in Kadarius Tony's absence today on the practice field. 
But I want to get into the cornerback group. And we heard yeah. from Trent McDuffie, uh, but seems like the Chiefs are kind of working him and Legereus Need back in slow. And we were seeing a lot of Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. And I think you even mentioned Nazi Johnson made a couple of plays on Monday. Yeah, Nazi Johnson had the best day. I think I counted three pass breakups more when I, I throw out the, the thread a little bit later when I go over my notes. But uh, Nazi Johnson really, I think, has solidified himself on this roster. Remember, this was a, a player that had to work his way onto the 53 last year. Dave Tobe called him toward the end of the season potentially the best gunner in the league, and now he's making plays on defense. Jarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie, they had issues, I, I believe it was with their lower body, that kept them out of practice during OTAs. They are being eased in on a rep count. So, see, we saw a lot of different combinations of cornerbacks uh, right here on, on Monday with Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams outside, uh, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed outside, Trent McDuffie going inside, and sometimes Joshua Williams was there instead of Jalen Watson. Good DiCaprio Boodle getting some looks inside. Nick Jones, the seventh rounder from this year, getting looks inside. And this is all with the top team. Uh, so they're mixing and matching a cornerback right now, and a lot has to do with those rep counts for Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie. And that's the right move. You want to ease these guys in right now. And what it leads to is getting to see guys like a Nazi Johnson, like a Nick Jones make plays. Uh, and so there's always a solace to some of these uh, availability issues that happen in training camp because you get to see the younger guys. Um, and that's part of the reason you saw the McDuffie injury last year. That's part of the reason Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams make the impression they did. And now, again, you don't want injuries, but you're, you're seeing some of these younger guys step up. And we've talked a lot about the at least projected versatility of this chief secondary. So I, I think early on, especially in camp where they're still wrapping, kind of ramping things up and, and kind of lighter practices where we're seeing this media availability, availability come in pretty quick because they're not spending a ton of time out on the practice field as they get everybody healthy and make sure they're ready to go for the season. I think as Chiefs fans, you should really like the versatility that they're showing in the secondary early on in training camp. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's a, important, and I, I think they feel like they're really deep when it comes to the defensive back room. Uh, and what's amazing about that is they're really young, right? So it's not like you're necessarily having too many of those long-term veterans like a Legereus Speed. It, it's these young guys, and that was something that Trent McDuffie talked uh, about uh, after practice, just talking about bringing a guy like Nick Jones along as a vet. And, it, you know, I, I – Step back and I said, Trent McDuffie, you, you know, you just said that this is your second year. And, and you said, yeah, I mean, we're, we're a lot of our, us guys are in our second year and they don't want to have that first year feel like a fluke. You know, they know what they accomplished last year. Uh, but the amazing thing about this chief secondary and you look at all these defensive backs is there's still room to grow. They are still in their second year and that's something they acknowledge. And you see that uh, a point of emphasis right now for the whole defense. Spagnola talked about uh, this was being top 10 in defensive defensive efficiency. McDuffie said both personal and for the entire defensive back room, they want to put more emphasis on taking the football away this year. And, man, if you give Patrick Mahomes more opportunities, you know what that can, can lead to. So good uh, good vibes from the defense right now and um, Trent McDuffie specifically, but also the defense as a whole. And I, I want to talk about some standouts on the offensive side of the ball because I saw you mention on Twitter that or uh, actually, I'm not going to. Uh, no, it's Twitter. We're, we're calling it Twitter. We're not changing the name. I refuse. Uh <laughs> But I, I want to talk about some standouts because you mentioned several guys who were making plays on Monday for the Kansas City Chiefs on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I exceeded uh, that uh, generic Prince looks 
to be one of these guys who uh, is going to really make an impression as a rookie. We know that he's already going to be the kick returner. But I'm telling you, Steve, he is just not dropping any passes. I mean, passes that he, he shouldn't be making. Uh, you're going to get uh, memories of Justin Houston running down the field. But George Karloftis was playing Daenerys Prince pretty closely down the line. And we know that the big body of uh, George Karloftis and, and what he can do as far as blocking the football, uh, they were down the right sideline. And I'm telling you, they – Karloftis had good coverage. I know that sounds insane, but he, he had really good coverage on Daenerys Prince. Prince turns around and is able to make a one-handed catch, and that's been all camp. These opening days at camp, everything that's thrown in his direction, he seems to be coming down with. And uh, Jay Binkley, 610 Sports Radio, texted me as I you know, was tweeting that out. It uh, doesn't seem like Tulsa realized how good of a pass catch he <laughs> Numbers were not there in college uh, for Daenerys Prince, and I think one of their uh, the Chiefs now, the, one of the Chiefs' number one things they like about Daenerys Prince is, is just his ability to catch a pass and get upfield. Uh, a lot of zip, and, and you're seeing um, that there's just an extra gear that, and this is part of the problem in the NFL right now, there's an extra gear that these rookie running backs have just coming out of college because they're fresh. And they have, don't have the wear and tear of the, the NFL, and, and Prince is certainly falling under that category, especially right now in the quick pass game. I think that's one of the more interesting things, you know, coming out of rookies and quarterbacks and then veterans. And we know they're still ramping up and trying to get those guys on the field and make sure they're healthy for the entirety of camp and the preseason and everything. But we kind of felt like this running back room. And I know Isaiah Pacheco is still working his way back, non-contact, all that stuff. Jarek McKinnon, we know he's a super seasoned veteran who the Chiefs just aren't going to give a ton of early season reps to because that's the way they like to manage McKinnon. And then Clyde, like all of a sudden with Daenerys Prince showing out and making these plays and kind of announcing himself this early in Chiefs training camp, that running back room is a little curious with all the wide receiver bodies, all the secondary members, all the linebackers. Like as we start to break down this roster and we get closer to the regular season, it seems like Daenerys Prince is pushing at least really early on in camp to be more than just a special teams contributor. Like he's a guy that could come in and give the Chiefs some valuable snaps on offense. Yeah, the Chiefs have a luxury right now when it comes to, to skill position players. And I know a lot of people will roll their eyes at that, uh, especially when, you know, there's no, I guess right now, healthy, clear-cut number one wide receiver. But I, I do think that there's a lot of players the Chiefs like and trust, and I think it's going to make conversations about that 53-man roster tough. I had mentioned in my first 53 projection, I, I wonder if someone like a Blake Bell gets cut. But you're making a good point about, about Clyde Edwards-Alaire when you just think about that room and if an Eric Prince can really show out, I don't think the Chiefs would have any problems getting P. Ryan onto the practice squad so that maybe that could be your fourth back in an emergency type of situation. And maybe that's where you find your seventh receiver instead. Or maybe that's where you find your 10th offensive lineman. And maybe it isn't necessarily a straight-up cut for Clyde. Maybe he becomes a, a trade piece. Maybe they do want four running backs and then suddenly – Bell is in trouble in, in the back end of that room. Uh, it, there's a lot of questions that go into it when you're trying to build this 53. Will they keep a sixth receiver? Will they keep a seventh receiver? A lot of interesting questions uh, to answer. And fortunately for the Chiefs, they have a long training camp this year. What are we on the 24th of July? This goes to the 17th of August. So there'll be plenty of time to, to think about what they want to do here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I, I'm struggling to think of a time in the Patrick Mahomes era where – 
they had so much depth, it, it seemed like uh, across the board, across the entire roster, where once it comes down to finalizing that 53-man roster, the Chiefs are going to have to make some tough decisions, it seems like, because they got a lot of talent in, in training camp right now. So it'll be interesting to see how things continue moving forward, especially as these guys get healthier. But on Monday, we heard from defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, tight end Travis Kelsey, wide receiver Sky Moore, and cornerback Trent McDuffie. Before we get out of here, Pete, any other major takeaways from the guys that we heard from? on monday no i i think one one of an interesting wrinkle that i i was able to ask travis kelsey about i've been thinking about it for a while is there had been this theory that all he does is just run whatever route he wants (laughs) and so i wanted to clear that up a little bit uh and and ask him about his freelancing and i thought this was an interesting point from kelsey who does i think have a little bit of leeway with mahomes to to get creative when the time comes, but he said 99% of the time I'm running with Big Red draws up, and he's just drawing it up so well. Uh, and I thought that was uh, really fun. He's excited to be here. He's excited about camp. He realizes that it's important. I know there had been some worries about Kelsey and what he's been able to accomplish off the field with all the entertainment stuff, but man, he is he is geared up and he's ready to go uh, for for training camp. And you know, we talked about some of the defensive things. We talked about Sky Moore, and so. Uh, if you want to hear them in detail, Steve, I know you'll be putting it up uh, in that from the podium section here on the Airhead Pride Podcast Network. Yeah, and actually, if you're listening to us on the uh, Chief Trading Camp Report podcast, I will have all of Monday's press conferences coming up immediately after the commercial break. So as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we do here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Follow all of our training camp coverage from the Arrowhead Pride team at arrowheadpride.com. You can follow Pete at PG Sween on Twitter. And after all of that, uh, an exciting Monday in St. Joseph, Missouri. We will be back with everything you need to know from Tuesday's practice tomorrow. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta. Day two of full team practice in St. Joseph, Missouri on Monday, July 24th. We heard from defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, tight end Travis Kelsey, wide receiver Sky Moore, and cornerback Trent McDuffie. We'll go in that order, starting with Spags, followed by Travis Kelsey, then Sky Moore, and we'll wrap things up with Trent McDuffie. Here's the Chiefs defensive coordinator. Times that happens, right, Sam? What are you going to do? All right, I'll open it up. Uh, 
Yeah, so, uh, listen, we're all prideful guys. I mean, we want every defensive player wants their unit to be noted for great defense. So I'm with Nick 100%. I don't get wrapped up too much in the numbers during the year, but at the end of the year, I mean, we're always going to evaluate what we were. And we talked about in the OTAs about where we've been defensively. Now, the one thing that's a little bit different, and I conveyed this to those guys, is, you know, conventional NFL stats says number one defense in the NFL is the total yardage team. Uh, we don't really go down that road. To us, it's a defensive efficiency. There's nine categories to defensive efficiency. You guys have probably seen it before. Uh, and we want to be number one in the NFL in defensive efficiency. Points allowed, third down, red zone, right? It's all the rankings in those particular categories. So I'm with Nick. Uh, I'd like us to climb up there. I'm not going to worry about that week to week. But at the end of the year, I'd like that to be the ultimate goal. Is that, is that just an overall There's element, there's element, well, the nine, I mean, the point I made was, so I went back to the four years we've been here. We were eighth uh, the first year I was here in defensive efficiency. The other three years we were in the middle of the pack. It was 18, 19, I think last year we were 15th. And we looked at it and said, okay, where, where do we got to get better at to climb? The first one's red zone. The second one is some, uh, some third down, even though it wasn't terrible. Um, but there are certain areas in there that we need to get better. We were really good at not giving up big plays. Right, so that helped us there. But, so we looked at it. Uh, but more than anything, it's building the foundation of the system. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a passionate football player. He, he's really into it. Like today I watched him make a play, and he was fired up for – himself, but then I watched him a couple plays later, one of his teammates, a D-line teammate, made a big play, and he was just as fired up for those guys. I like that. That's not a vet that's sitting over there just thinking about himself. You know, he's thinking about his teammates, and I like that part of him, and he's uh, he's been a really good addition to this point. Hopefully it shows up in the games. Uh, you know, play a couple of multiple positions inside and outside. He did that in San Francisco, so we like that kind of flexibility. Uh, be stern in the run game. Uh, my, my expectation right now for him, quite frankly, is to, to learn the system. That's step number one. And then just let his natural ability take over after that. Corners? Yeah. Well, we really haven't. Uh, listen, so LJ's coming back off an injury, right? We know Trent is doing the same. So we're kind of, um, we've got their rep count down right now. And because of that, you're seeing in and out. You know, Rick's got those guys on a on a rep count. Dave and Donald are doing a good job. Specifically, but since they're coming out, somebody's got to go in, and that's why you're seeing all the moving pieces. You know, a lot of what you said about uh, Charles. I, he's a guy that's played a bunch of different positions. Really intelligent. Um, I t it's funny. Yeah, I've had bunch of free agents come to systems in the years I've been here and sometimes it takes a little while you know for guys to get comfortable with their surroundings with their teammates Drew it's like he stepped right in and he'd been here for three years in terms of uh, communicating with his teammates what he did off of the field how much of a pro he is he's had a great influence on not just the linebacker room but the defense in general yeah, in terms of sort of his comfort but also his obvious grasp of, of what you're doing yeah he's been really good that way real multiple he's he's playing a couple of different positions right now 
before it's all said and done, he'll probably play all three linebacker spots. Um, and then we have a couple other packages where he's going to be a little bit different. You got some more young players on your team last year who made big strides and helped you guys so much. When you see them now, how much more prepared are they at this point this year than last yeah. year? How much better they can be? Yeah, light years, although I had to remind one of them, I won't say who, that he was going back to his rookie habits, you know, instead of where he eventually got to. But uh, it's, listen, um, I've been doing this thing a long time. I, I really enjoy young guys when they do that and then just see how much they mature. I, for me, I don't know if you guys, have they been in the locker room and seen, have you guys seen the guys and been around them yet? Or When they come back sometimes after that first year, facially they look different to me. You know, like they come in, they look like young pups. And all of a sudden, a year later, that's a grown man right there. So, a bunch of those guys, I think, are like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tell you what, he, he's done some, he did some really good things in the OTAs. He's a competitor. Like, he doesn't back down. We like that. I mean, we're a press team. That's what we ask our guys to do. And I think that's one of the things he does pretty well. Yeah. I thought asking about your system and learning, you know, yeah. pretty tough. He said he learned a lot when he was down with uh, Todd Bowles. Yeah. Talk about, you know, where he's at. Well, it's probably, uh, he's in a great place right now. Unfortunately for him, he missed all that foundational reps back in the spring. Right. And he was dealing with the injury. And then I don't think he was able to train quite like he normally would because of the uh, hamstring and groin. I he pulled a pull, right? Um, but mentally, he's in a much better place now than he was even back then. He's been in the league. He's a pro. I mean, guys have, have come from other teams in our system in the past, and all the years I've been doing it, and it usually takes a little while. But Mike's come from another multiple system, and I don't think it's going to be a problem. It's just going to be terminology, and, yeah, we might do something a little bit different. But I think he's used to having a, a volume of defenses. I think he'll be fine. Okay? Um, I feel like it's like the intricacies of the offense, the the little things. He knows how to teach this thing just as well as Coach Reed does. You know, he knows every single bit of what the uh, O line's mentality, their footwork, um, the the wide receivers, their angles, their you know how they're tracking the ball. You know, the the little things that Coach Reed really uh, really understands um, is kind of been ingrained in, in Pat's head, and I think that's all the quarterbacks at that. You know, and um, they all kind of just you know. As a, as a collective group, all thinking the exact same, and that's what makes this thing run like a like a like an engine, man. Is it the same way on game day, or are there other things you see on game day that? Well, obviously, Pat has the instinctual ability to do things that I've never seen anybody else do on the football field. So that's where he separates himself, and he kind of shows his own personality in that regard. But um, in terms of situational football, uh, understanding of the rules of the game, um, time management, all those things that Coach Reed is, you know, the guru of. Um, Pat is as well, and that's just you know being in the same you know meetings, uh, understanding how Coach Reed you know does things, and um, you know in training camp just having countless amount of time to be able to just go over all those things. Okay. We had such an unusual offseason with all the different things you got to do. Is it some comfort coming back to the grind? Of camp? I love coming here, man. I love coming here. It gets me ready for the season. I'm um, I'm a big fan of training camp. I'm a big fan of preseason, uh, being able to you know 
lock in on the fundamentals and, and getting your mind straight. Um, going through those ups and downs. You know, we got a new playbook uh, compared to last year. You know, it has to keep changing. It has to keep evolving. So getting excited about those opportunities and, and, and really giving those, uh, giving those new plays an, uh, an opportunity to, to develop, um, that's what I get excited about. And I get excited about being around the guys and, and building this new team together, man. Every year, 100%. Um, even more so when I was younger, man. Those rep, the reps you get in camp are so priceless, man. Um, whether it's the threes, the twos, the walkthroughs in the indoor, everything you can do to, to gain a, a mental advantage on every single play and get you more comfortable out there on the field to be able to run fast and play fast and uh, be accountable for the guy next to you. All that, all that stuff is just it's, it's such needed. And um, that's why I love coming out here, man. I'm trying my hardest to, to, to just run this thing like Coach Reed dials it up, man. Um, and that's where, and that, you know, you want to get creative, but at the, at the right time, at the right moment, that, that creativity will, will kind of play itself out. You know, Coach Reed does a great job of, you know, putting a lot of work into making these plays make sense for the quarterbacks. So you don't want to get off script too much. And um, as much as everybody thinks I'm getting off script all the time and just getting wide open, for the majority of the part, I'm just running what's called and, Coach Reed's getting me open in terms of play call and dialing that thing up against the right defense. So, um, yeah, all that creative stuff is fun, but um, for the most part, I would say about 99% of the time, I'm doing what Coach Reed wants me to do. Man, I'm excited. I'm, so, I'm excited about every young guy that we got here, and it's there's no, you know, let's wait until this guy develops. These guys are ready right now, and you see him flying out there. Um, Rasheed had a bunch of great plays today. Noah Gray had a great day today. Um, Sky Moore had about three or four touchdowns and some great plays. So all the in terms of the young talent we have here, it's just guys are ready to play because they're putting their their you know their nose to the grind and and just getting after it, man. They're just getting after it. I saw it in training camp the way everybody attacked the days. You know, the, we were attacking training camp like it, or like it, or we were attacking OTAs like it was training camp. You know, and that mentality, that excitement to get better, that focus to get better, that want to get better, uh, that energy of of everybody kind of bouncing ideas off of each other, getting on the same page. That's all you want training camp to be. You want it to be a collective agreement that you know what we're going to do whatever we can to get this thing right. And um, the young guys, I want to say they follow Lee, but they figured that out real quick. And, uh, and it makes the game exciting because you know that when you go out there and you're on the same page as the guy next to you, it just makes everything that much more flawless and everybody gets to touch the rock in this offense. I mean... It's always been family first, man. Um, I think the, uh, the beauty of last year was being able to put my family uh, in everyone's living room and uh, showcase my upbringing, showcase my, how wonderful my, uh, my mother and my father were and you know, how much of a mentor my, my older brother was for me. 
Um, and that, that was awesome. Not everybody gets to have the pride to be able to showcase their family like that. And, um, you know, I'm just appreciative of, of the opportunities that I get. And, you know, it's, it'll, it'll always be family first in my mind, though, man. Last three, Bahe, Adam, Steve. You're obviously still young and in great shape, but I do wonder if you have to make any concessions or do anything different 10, 11 years in than you, you, you might have before. No, just go. Just go. We got a lot of great tight ends, so the, the reps are going to be passed around a little bit more this year, I would assume. Um, and that's a good thing, man. We got <laughs> Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, uh, Blake Bell, even, you know, KB and, and, uh, and our guy. And, um, oh, my gosh. Why am I, th- why am I blanking on Bushy, man? Our, uh, our snowman, the most pale guy out here. No, it's, uh, oh, my God. Listen, the tight end room is so stacked right now. Um, getting everybody reps to be able to showcase their talents is, is kind of where we're at. Um, a lot of the coaches know what I can do and, um, and kind of know my skill set, but I still want to get as many reps as I possibly can. So there's no, there's no pulling back at all. And overall, you don't feel any, any sense of father time uh, at all? I mean, you feel as energetic as ever? You know what? No, nothing more than last year. You know, last year I started feeling a little bit in the second and third days, but I uh, just got to harp on recovery and just make sure you're doing the right things in terms of muscle activation and things like that. Everybody's body's different, you know. Um, I, everybody says when they get older, they wish they were doing this when they were younger. But, um, you know, you just figure it out as you go and, and you start to keep things rolling and try and be at your peak athleticism all times. I mean, just electric, man. He's just a high-energy guy. When he gets the ball, he's flying around. He's a hard worker. Um, we're going to miss KT's just, you know, his ability to, to make a play out of nowhere um, and just, you know, kind of gain that momentum. He, he was that piece for us in the Super Bowl. He was that piece for us um, throughout the season last year. And, uh, you know, just getting that thing right. We got all the confidence in the world and our training staff here to get, to get him ready either by season or early on in the season. Um, got our fingers crossed that we get him back as soon as possible. And it's just, you know, letting him heal up and we'll take care of the load until he gets back. But um, KT ain't going anywhere, man. We missed that guy already. Trav, you've been to a bunch of these camps, man. Uh, three of them last the Super Bowls. Could you tell the difference from the years that you did go to the years that you did go? Not really. Um, you know, you, uh, you got to keep this thing building throughout the year. As a, as a guy that's been here nonstop, you know, every single training camp you come in and guns are blazing, everybody's flying around making plays. But uh, I feel like this year the, the energy is really, really high. You know, a lot of communication, a lot of guys are bouncing things off each other. Um, even in the meeting rooms, nobody's kind of just sitting there, sitting back, just kind of waiting to be told what to do. Everyone's on the edge of their seat wanting to learn, wanting to get better. Um, and that's because we know what we can do. We know we can go and get this thing. And there's a lot of confidence and there's a lot of, you know, I don't know, moxie that comes with it. And uh, it starts in the QB room, I'm not going to lie. And uh, a guy like Blaine Gabbert, um, Shane Bush, I mean, everybody, everybody's been in this thing really just attacking the day. And, uh, and having fun with the man, and um, that's all you can ask for because it can training camp, as you as you guys know, can be a little bit of a of a grind, and it is what it is, man. If you bring that energy every single day, you're gonna find ways to get better. Thanks, guys. All right now. Like 30 times more comfortable, you know, just just knowing like having an idea of the whole playbook, being going through it one year before. And you know, just understanding the culture that you know that the Chiefs have in Kansas City.
I'm can you say it again? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I started, you know, I started to notice, it's hard to, it's hard to miss that when, you know, 15's back there, but I started to notice that, like, during OTAs, uh, realizing, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with the, I'm with the real guys every single time, so it's like, it makes it that much more important to do, be, do my job. Can you speak to the idea of just, it just seems natural, you're going to get more targets this year, are you ready to take that step? Yeah, for sure, I feel like I, I, I prepped myself over the last offseason, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm ready for that task. Is there a mental uh, approach to this that you, you need yeah. to find? Absolutely. Just knowing that uh, if they're going to count on me more, I need to be ready. And, you know, there's definitely a, a mental aspect to that for sure. Um, really, I'm, I, I can tell you that after camp. I want to, right now, I want to carve my role out, see what my role is, and then, you know, be able to set goals based off of my role. It's just being a having that one year of experience under your belt, you know, just it's, it's the game didn't change, you know, so it's kind of I'm going at it one more time. Like and, and then I feel like I'm down. I'm in there and I'm just a pro. I'm not in college anymore. I'm not new to the NFL. So I know how things are going to turn out. I have game experience. So I feel like that experience just makes me more comfortable. You feel like you just actually see things a little differently, a little different pace? Yeah, it kind of, it kind of slowed down a little bit. I'm not, it's kind of like I'm not worried about what route I run anymore. It's about how I'm going to get open and, you know, like what I'm going to do to the DB versus my job. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, even though it might it might not be the prettiest look, but I'm gonna do my best to get it done for sure. What do you think of the other receivers? I I was just telling I was just telling Mir uh, earlier today. Like, I love Richie. Richie Richie's my favorite receiver right now. So, but I feel like we got a lot of great guys in the room. It's 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 super competitive in the room, but at the same time, like we we got a we got a good bond. So all the guys eat lunch together. You know, we we laugh, we joke, but we also work. And, and we know that it's a, a competitive room for sure. What makes Rich your favorite? You kind of smile. I like, I like how he moves. Like, he does the stuff that I, he, I think I'm doing what he's doing, but he kind of does it a little, a little different. You talked about you know, last year coming to camp as a rookie. Yeah. You know, here with your eyes wide open, right? Yeah. Is there any guys that, that have been leaning on you so far this year? Like maybe Rasheed Rice? Yeah, 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 for sure. Rasheed definitely, he, it got to, it was a point where he, he's, he's asking me all the questions. I told him, one of the times I told him, I said, uh, I don't know, bro, you got to ask the older guys. And he was like, like, you one of the older guys. <laughs> so I was, so it just, it just put things in perspective for me. Like, like I got, I got to jump into a different kind of role. Like I'm not the rookie anymore. So I got to be able to answer those certain questions, which makes me like, uh, study even harder. You know, like if you're able to teach it, Joe always says, or receiver coach, like Joe always says, if you're able to teach it, that means you know that much more. So. For sure. Are you nah, he's older than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is what is your conversation been like, Coach Tobe, as far as you know, going back to punt return duty being something you do this year? Do, do you want to return punts? Um, I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop. You know, I really haven't had a a, a deep conversation with him about that, but he definitely he definitely has me back there going and catching him every practice. So I'll still be back there for sure. Like at least the practice one.
Uh yeah, it definitely it definitely like sparked my confidence like leading into this this coming season. So yeah, for sure. That's something I always, you know, don't want to neglect and and have in my back pocket for sure. So thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, right now I'm feeling good. I'm excited to finally be back out there with the guys. Um, watching them during OTAs, it was tough because I couldn't be out there. But just watching this defense move around and get after it, and the rookies coming in, and just how everything gelled together, it was exciting to watch from the sideline, and it definitely made coming into this camp a lot more exciting. Yeah, um, I had a little issue with my calf, um, but right now, working with the team and just this offseason, just getting it right, um, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Where can this defense get better this year? Yeah, um, I think a big thing for us is just takeaways. Um, we know we got guys who can make plays, we can cover, we can play the zone, we can blitz the quarterback, but um, a big thing for us is just getting that ball back. And I know Spags talked a lot about attitude defense and 11 guys at the ball 24-7. I think that's something that this defense is really going to hone in on is just making sure we don't give up on any play. Is that for you too, takeaways? 100%, yeah. I dropped a few last year, so I definitely have to come back and make up for it this year. What have you seen early on here from Nick Jones? Uh, Jones uh, rookie. Oh, Nick Jones? Oh, man. Um, shoot, as a rookie, I remember last year for me, it's tough coming in here and trying to learn this defense and a lot of things are getting thrown at you, especially him being in the nickel position, being at corner. And honestly, he just took everything on the chin. Um, he's listened to all the coaching points, listened to us vets, and he's out there just working. And that's really all you can ask a rookie during this time is just put your head down, keep learning, and keep going out there confident. That's what he's been doing. You mentioned you know, us vets. You guys are in your second year. You performed really well in your first yeah. year. What's the limit? What's that far? What are you guys going to accomplish in this season? Man. We still growing. I mean, it's like you said, it's year two for us. I mean, we still babies in the league. So um, the sky's the limit for us. I think a big thing for us is just sticking together as always and continue to just push each other. I mean, not really getting satisfied with what we did last year. You know, last year was great, but um, turning that page and being like, okay, this is a new year. We have something else to prove, and I think we're ready for that. Trent, you talk about Trent. Uh, I know Spags likes me in there a lot, and – I know last year towards the end of the season, I was in there a lot. And like I always told him, I said, wherever you need me, corner, nickel, I mean, you want to throw me at safety. Like, I just want to be out there and be able to play for you, play for this team, and be a good teammate. So wherever he wants me, I'm going to be, re be ready for it. Trent, you talked about team goals. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure coming this season, you got some personal goals for, for yourself. What are those? Um, honestly, it's funny. I'm not somebody who really cares about personal goals. Yeah. Um, I'm not someone who writes, you know, I got to get this amount of picks, this amount of stats. Um, for me, a big thing is obviously Super Bowl. That's always my number one goal, making it back there. But um, just being the best teammate I can on and off the field. I think for me, being able to do that um, allows me to wake up every day with a goal. And that's just being out there and having the leaders trust me, having the rookies trust me, and making sure that once this football is done and we're off and you know we're living our own lives, that they can call me whenever they need me. And that's something I stand by. A couple more. One of the things that Coach Spag said was, you know, just looking at the eyes of you second-year players 
how you seem different. You know, you mm-hmm. last year, like, oh, look, they've grown men now. Yeah. Do you feel different as a group or in yourself individually? Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I think we're definitely out there talking a lot more. You know, last year as rookies, it was what are my players, what are my plays. Um, this year, you know, a lot more communication. I think guys are a lot more confident out there in the plays and, I feel like looking at it now, um, especially us rookies and shoot, even some of the vets, just having a year being developed in the system allows us to play so much faster. And I think you can start seeing guys like Night John today making a couple breakups, um, just not thinking, out there just reacting, playing, and just going to get the ball. Yeah, man, that's a good group of guys. Um, they work. I know Pat really likes them, and their chemistry just keeps getting better each day. I mean, I feel like past two days, Pat's thrown two perfect balls. And I'm like, dang, man, like, I'm there. Like, one of these days, I'm going to get you. But, man, no matter what happens, these receivers keep putting their head down and keep working. And that's something that you got to respect. Last one. one more. I mean, your thoughts about Denaric Prince. He made a couple of plays out there today. Someone who wasn't drafted. Yeah. Has he, he jumped out on tape or on the practice field to you? Yeah, man. I mean, shoot, all our running backs right now, uh, they're fast. They're agile. Um, they're hard workers. They're strong. And especially a guy like Daenerys Prince, so he got that chip on his shoulder. And that's something like you saw Pop last year came in this kind of just like, you know, they, they didn't give me a shot, but I'm going to go make one for myself. And for me looking at it, I love that kind of thing because it's like you got somebody over there who's really trying to grind each day, and that's only going to make everybody else better. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you, cool. Thanks, Appreciate it. Yep, yep.